What does the Bible say about lawlessness in the last days? And are we seeing this in our nation today? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs, joined by my co-host Joseph Kerr. And with the many headlines regarding riots and violent protests, it's easy to find ourselves discouraged and even afraid of what is taking place around us. But God remains in control and He has a plan. Today we are joined by Brandon Holthouse, pastor of Rock Harbor Church in Bakersfield, California, who will bring us insights regarding the Bible's teachings regarding lawlessness in the last days. Brandon, welcome to A View From The Wall. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, this is a topic that's very important in our culture today, and lawlessness, of course, is not new to our time. It's clearly noted in Scripture. For example, if we look at 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 8 and 9, it refers to a future Antichrist, and it calls him the lawless one. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about that today. Talk about this idea of what does it mean that the Antichrist is lawless, and how does this relate to the increasing lawlessness we see in our own culture today? Yeah, when you see the term lawlessness in Scripture, whether it's referring to the mystery of lawlessness or the Antichrist, lawlessness is always connected to opposition to God's law. So anything that opposes God's law is lawlessness. So, for instance, if God says something is wrong, lawlessness says, no, it's right, and vice versa. So it's a a complete 180 from what God says. And so the system the program that Satan is using to usher in the Antichrist is called by Scripture the mystery of lawlessness. It's a program that Satan is using. So he opposes God's law. He's instituting his own law in opposition to God through useful idiots uh, of human beings who are influenced by him, who oppose everything God opposes. So we see this in our society right now where you know, politicians or lawmakers, Supreme Court justices make up laws that are in direct opposition to God. Well, that's the system being used. And that system eventually, like leaven introduced into a loaf, permeates through all the government societies and cultures, eventually, which will allow the Antichrist to be ushered in through this lawless system. So what we're seeing today, the lawlessness we see in the streets and whatnot, is is the groundwork of the program which eventually brings in the Antichrist, who is the lawless one. In the very next verse, Dylan quoted 1 Thessalonians 2.8. In verse 9, it talks about, uh, Paul points out the arrival of the Antichrist will coincide with the workings of Satan with every kind of power, sign, false wonder, and every deception. Antichrist kind of sounds like the real-life version of a superhero, but what does all that have to do with lawlessness? Well, I think what happens in a situation where there is lawlessness, the person, whoever it might be, will need credibility. And because the Antichrist is the lawless one, and the system is lawless. He will achieve world domination, not by lawful means, but by unlawful means. 
Therefore, we have a person who will put himself above the laws of the government, uh, of the world, and obviously including God's laws. Therefore, Satan empowers this individual with lying signs and wonders and supernatural miracles to give the person credibility. And in my opinion, and again, this is, it, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but it, it just me doing some deduction. I think this is what will help people to accept his lawlessness in the fact that this person is more than a human being. He has supernatural powers. Therefore, it's okay that he assumes his position by lawlessness because he's bigger than a human. He's more than a human, and he has the power to back him. So it appears that he's above the law. He's above the system. And we see that right now in, in microcosms of, of politics where they're above the law and they're, uh, no one ever gets prosecuted and they, and they never get sent to jail. We're seeing little mini versions of that. Well, his system of lawlessness will be so extreme that he will need these supernatural uh, backing, so to speak, to give him this place of prominency to, for people to say, you know what, he has this power, he's above the law, and it's okay. Again, that's my opinion, but I think that's how it coincides with it. Right. Well, that's a good perspective on it. And we want to be clear. We're talking about the Antichrist who is to come. The rapture has not yet happened. The Antichrist has not yet been revealed. But we're talking about lawlessness in society because we're in a time in our culture where this is becoming increasingly common. You look at the city of Portland, for example. As we record this, it's been about 70 days of riots and violence. You see places like Seattle where there is a growing trend in whether it be murders or whether it be riots, whether it be destruction of property. And we look at this and we're very discouraged, but it does relate to what we see in the end times. And I want you to talk about that a little bit. How is lawlessness a sign of the last days? Well, I, I think you could put down, uh, as the Lord said, it's a birth pain. That um, we understand, Paul said, that the mystery of lawlessness is at work, but still something is restraining it, right? And right. Uh, a lot of people believe it's the Holy Spirit through the church restraining this. Some people believe it's, it's human government, according to you know uh, Genesis 9. Whatever your view is, something is restraining it. But as we get closer to the time where just full-blown lawlessness occurs through the Antichrist, we should expect to see an increase in lawlessness, and that is exactly what's happening. When we see Portland and these other places where and these governors and mayors allowing people just to go crazy and just full-blown anarchy, that is a sign that we're moving closer to that time in the, in the tribulation. And like you said, we're not going to be here for that in the tribulation. We're, we're raptured prior to the tribulation. But definitely we're seeing the shadows cast from the tribulation even to this day. So as a good watchman on the wall, we should say, I see an increase of lawlessness. It's getting worse. It won't get better. And that is a telltale sign of the last days. It is a birth pain. And unfortunately, if that's what we're seeing now, it will only increase because we know this is what's predicted. And, and so when we see that, understand there's something bigger going on than just rioters. There is a spiritual component to this that's allowing this that's influencing these mayors and governors to allow the lawless system. And so it's a spiritual issue. That's really what's going on. When we come back, we'll talk more about the idea of spiritual warfare and how that plays a role in the end times. They're on The View from the Wall. Stick with us.
from I Am A Watchman Ministries. Here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Aren't you glad God can do anything at any time for anyone? I wonder why God cares about we stubborn and rebellious people. I wonder why God would want to use or help any of us at all, but He does, and in that I rejoice. We serve a God who loves to do the amazing for and through the unlikely. God helped Jacob after he swindled his brother and dishonored his father. God rescued Jonah when he was in the deep. God gave victory to King Hezekiah and his people when they were surrounded by a large and powerful army. God helped David when he faced Goliath on the battlefield. Scripture notes that God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And I believe he particularly loves to bless those who boldly step out in faith to serve him. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am a watchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, and we've been talking with Brandon Holthouse, pastor of Rock Harbor Church in Bakersfield, California. And as we continue our discussion about lawlessness in our society and how that relates to Bible prophecy, we must understand that this is not about a virus or an economic slowdown or even anarchy and riots. We are in a spiritual battle against spiritual forces. Brandon, as we continue our discussion, take a moment to explain the role of those spiritual forces behind lawlessness, and how do we fight this invisible battle that's before us? Well, to understand the spiritual forces, one has to grasp the concept that there is other creatures that God created. We call them angels, but they're fallen angels who follow their leader, Satan, and demons. And these spiritual creatures that God created that were originally with him, but rebelled against them, and in fact, one-third of them fell, are aimed at trying to disrupt God's program, God's program of bringing in the Messianic kingdom, bringing in the Messiah. So they are opposed to that and trying to set up their own system here. They're trying to counterfeit the Messianic kingdom. So they're doing it through a system of lawlessness to usher in you know, their Messiah, which would be the Antichrist, their their Holy Spirit, which would be the false prophet, and Satan playing the role of the Father. Uh, of course, we call that the Satanic Trinity. But nonetheless, these are the creatures we are fighting. And Paul wanted us to understand that you got to go beyond the mayors and the governors and the rioters in the street. It's way beyond that. This is a deep, deep spiritual battle. We call it the angelic conflict. And because it's that way, and Paul knew this and warned believers that this is the battle you need to be aware of. So he, he actually explained to us, okay, how do you deal and fight against creatures that are invisible, that are more powerful than human beings, and have a try to replace God's program? Well, he mentioned this in 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 6. I'm not going to read all the passage, but I'll just make note. People have heard this. He says, for, this is verse 3, for, for though we walk in flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and everything high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought cap into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, everybody's heard that passage, but Paul's saying this is how you fight that war. You fight this war, basically the idea is that you tear down human viewpoints, human reasoning, human philosophies, which stem from the demonic, which stem from fallen angels. You tear it down with Scripture, 
anything from these viewpoints, human viewpoints, that opposes God's revelation and his word. So right now, a lot of these riots and stuff are, are, are coming from a viewpoint of Marxism, communism, whatever. You know, we are to tear that down. We are not to be passive about that. And the idea of bringing every thought captive has to do with bringing this ungodly thinking, this ungodly reasoning, whether it's economic, political, religious, whatever it might be, and bringing those down with the Word of God. And that's how we are to engage. I like that you mentioned the situation you're in in California, along with other pastors out there. I want to draw a distinction between lawlessness and civil disobedience. Charlie Kirk is the founder of Turning Point USA, and he said the church is the key to the moral order of society. You, along with a number of other pastors in California, have opened your church in in defiance of regulations that say you can't. For those pastors who may be listening right now, explain the difference between civil disobedience and lawlessness. Okay, Uh, good question. Civil disobedience to the government in particular, or any authority that we're supposed to submit to, civil disobedience is allowed by Scripture when they violate principles, statutes, laws of God, or commands of God put on believers. And so we are actually obligated to practice civil disobedience to the governing authorities when they make demands on us that would go contrary to the Word of God. So, for instance, the Word of God says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves or someone in the habit of doing so. That's a command. Okay, great. What the governor of California has done is violate that command. He is forcing churches not to meet. Well, that's a violation of of Hebrews chapter 10. And therefore, we are obligated to say we are going to obey God rather than man, just like the apostles did in the book of Acts. Lawlessness is the idea that um, they, are not, they are not asking me to violate a command of Scripture. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Like, for instance, some people, uh, some Christians have gotten themselves in trouble, but I'm just not going to pay taxes. I'm just not going to pay taxes because I don't like that way they use the money. Wait a second. You're violating Scripture by, by not submitting to the authority and violating what Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And, and so we obey the government or the authorities, the human authorities, up to the point where they, they, uh, they start asking us to violate Scripture. And that's the difference. And that's why we as pastors right now, many of us in California have chosen, we're not obeying Gavin Newsom. We're obeying God now. Enough is enough. And so that's how you distinguish between the two. Yeah, and if you look back at the New Testament, you see examples of this. The Christians in the early church were under Emperor Nero at the time. Paul wrote many of the admonitions about honoring our governing leaders and praying for our governing leaders. So they lived in this tension of a time when they were to pray for those who led them, to obey those who led them, but at the same time they were having to live in such a way where they were not going to bow down to the emperor, but bow down only to Jesus Christ. And in some ways we see ourselves in a similar situation today where we are to respect our governing authorities, but at the same time we have uh, elements where we conflict in the way that our worship practices uh, appear to those things that are going on in our society around us. What is that look like in terms of our Christian faith now. Talk about that for just a moment, that tension between honoring our governing leaders and living out the Word of God today. The first thing you have to understand as far as looking at Romans 13, you have to ask yourself this question, what jurisdiction am I under? 
Um, right now, as, a, as an example, the California pastors here are under the jurisdiction of two things, the California Constitution and the U.S. Constitution. And according to the U.S. Constitution and the California Constitution, I have the right to free exercise of religion. No, so when Gavin Newsom comes in and says you can't practice your religion, he's in violation of his of California law and federal law. And so as a believer, I have to know those things. Because I see a lot of believers and pastors just say, Well, we're practicing Romans thirteen. It's like, wait a second, what jurisdiction are you under? Because even the apostle Paul understood this when he, he couldn't get anywhere with Festus and Felix, what did he do? I appeal to Caesar. He appealed to the higher law over those two knuckleheads and said, I'm not getting any justice here. I'm going over. And that's what we're doing as pastors. But most pastors don't know what jurisdiction they're under. And so it's, it's, that's where you find the line is to know what jurisdiction I'm under. And if the jurisdiction is not asking me to violate scripture, then I'm fine obeying it. So the Constitution and the in California Constitution is not demanding that of me. So I'm I'm not practicing lawlessness. I'm actually functioning under the law as as a citizen. But I'm not going to deal with people who have, have power trips and are taking more than they 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 lawfully can. And so that's where pastors have to know this line, because unfortunately, a lot of the churches are shut and they're still staying shut on the auspices that well we're obeying the government. Well, wait a minute. What if the government's out of compliance? What if the government's not even following its own laws? What are you to do then? The Apostle Paul knew the Roman law very well. That's why he could appeal to Caesar and demand that he have an audience with Caesar because he wasn't getting the right justice. And so that's another step churches and pastors are going to have to take. They're going to have to know how to defend themselves lawfully. Well, that's a good way so anyway, to put it. That's my opinion. No, that's great. We want to make sure that we're aware of not just what the scriptures teach, but the laws of our land and how they apply to our congregations and to our individual Christian freedoms. We'll be right back with more here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. The Bible predicts the rapture of the church is coming. Are you ready? Soon many will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Only they will escape the dark days that are coming. A time of tribulation that will usher in the Antichrist and great destruction upon the entire earth. There's only one escape, one way, one light, one truth. His name is Jesus. He came and died so that we may live forever with Him. But to receive this new life, there are three things we must do. The ABCs of salvation. A. Admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. Ask for forgiveness and receive His grace. B. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came, lived, died, rose again, and will come again. Believe that He is Lord and God. C. Commit to walk His path, the path He wants you to walk, and walk it out by faith. Then you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. To learn more about the rapture and how to know for sure, visit amiraptureready.org. Welcome back 
to View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, and we've been talking with Brandon Holthouse, pastor of Rock Harbor Church in Bakersfield, California. We've had a great discussion already today talking about lawlessness in our society, how it applies to the end time, some of the tensions that we face today as believers, and specifically in Pastor Brandon's case in California with the things that are happening there. But it reminds me in part of Judges 21-25, where we were told that, that there were times in history where people did whatever was right in their own eyes. And other nations have tried to repeat this social experiment since. Uh, You look at the Russian Revolution, you look at the French Enlightenment, you look at some of the socialist uh, examples from the past. But as we look at our own society today, what should Christians and all Americans learn from some of the social experiments from the past in terms of living out our faith in a way that is faithful to Scripture as well as faithful to our Savior Jesus Christ? Well, I think when you look historically at these socialistic, uh, revolutions, Marxist revolutions, uh, and, and the Enlightenment, what you realize is those revolutions were caused by ungodly lawlessness. And the philosophies that drove them were not Christian. And I think as Christians, we need to understand that and point that out to people, that Christianity doesn't cause that kind of stuff. Satanic systems of thought do. And when it's from Satan and it derives from Satan, it's a failure every time it tries to be implemented. And this is for some reason something that's getting past a lot of our young people is they don't understand that every time socialism or communism or these revolutions have been done, it destroys the country. Satan is not a builder. He's a destroyer. So any philosophy he might have will destroy your society. So as Christians, we got to promote the idea that Christianity builds up. It, it creates a better society and, and makes things work because, it, because we're following God. I think that's important to keep in mind. Pastor Brandon, you are one of a number of pastors who regularly talks about what it means to be a watchman in these last days. So as we wrap up, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to speak directly to that watchman community, those who feel a calling to watch, warn, witness, and finish well in these last days. So let's make it as simple as possible as we face the lawlessness around us and the last days that are upon us. What does it mean to watch? Well, a couple things I would mention. Obviously, to watch uh, comes from this idea of of watchmen in Ezekiel 33. We are to discern basically the signs of the times and the seasons that Paul mentions in 1 Thessalonians 5. So that means we got to know prophecy. We got to be good students of prophecy to be able to discern the seasons and times we live. Why? So we can warn people. We can connect dots. We can alert people. You know, this is setting the stage for that. And I think that's part of this watchman thing is to warn not only other believers, but unbelievers as well. So that's part of it, is, is that we're there to know this and warn and not stick our heads in the sand and pretend this is not happening. The other thing about being a watchman is we have to be faithful to the Scriptures. Right now, we're being pressured to compromise, and we're going to be more pressured to compromise in order to fit into society. We have to be able to stand our ground stand on the Word of God, and never compromise, because that's what we're seeing a lot of Christians do. They're caving in to the compromise. They're now, many churches are now accepting homosexual marriage and uh, abortion and all these other issues that the church used to stand firm on. So the admission, don't compromise. Stand on the Word of God regardless of the persecution. And my last admonition was this, don't run. So many things are happening in our world, and it's going to put pressure on us, and we're going to see more persecution come if the rapture doesn't happen. 
this is an attack on Christianity, the Bible, in our country. But what I'm starting to see is people saying, you know what, I can't take the heat. I'm going to run to the higher ground. I'm going to run to safe spaces, and I'm just going to try to escape this. Folks, we can't have you run. We have to have you in the fight with us. We need more watchmen on the wall doing this because the more and more that Christians run, we have less and less people to fight this battle. And so my admonition is don't flee. Don't run. Stand your ground. Occupy until he comes. Do business until he comes because we need these watchmen on the wall. And Anyone out there can be a watchman on the wall. As we close our time together, Pastor Brandon, can you just take a moment to pray for those who are listening today, to both encourage those who are listening who need some hope, as well as to pray for courage for those who need boldness to live out their faith during these troubled times? You bet. Let's pray. Father, we just lift up the body of Christ to you. I pray for those remnant believers, Father, that are faithful to you. I pray that you would give them strength, encouragement, hope, knowing that what they're doing is serving you with the gifts and talents you've given them in this difficult time. And I I pray that they would see the impact of them standing for the truth and being a watchman on the wall to warn our society and culture of things that are coming. Because we know your desire is to see everyone saved, everyone come to faith in Christ. So help us to continue to do the work that you've given us to do, not have any spirit of fear, but to face this world with boldness and to proclaim your truth so we can get as many people on the rescue boat as possible before everything goes down in the tribulation. Give us that hope. Give us that strength, Father. Give everybody uh, their ability to see your call on their lives. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Brandon Holthouse from Rock Harbor Church. You can find out more about his ministry at rockharborchurch.net. It's located in Bakersfield, California. You can also check out his weekly prophecy update from there at YouTube and find out more about his latest teachings. Brandon, thank you so much for being with us today. You betcha. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you with us listening today. We encourage you to check out more at IamAWatchman.com. We look forward to being with you here next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.